As a concept, platform engineering has been around for a long time, but the implication today sounds a lot different. Today's episode of the On-Premise IT Podcast brings together platform engineering expert Michael Levan, along with veteran industry analyst Stephen Dickens of the Futurum Group, and we are talking about how platform engineering has evolved from the mainframe time through open systems to today's cloud-native modern applications. Welcome to the On-Premise IT Podcast, the only show that dares to be both on-topic or on-premise, and sometimes even on-premises. And that's where we're going to be next week when we are at Cloud Field Day in California. That is the topic of this week's episode. As you know, each time we meet, we bring together a group to discuss a single premise. Today's premise relates to one of the hottest topics in the industry, platform engineering. Now, there's a lot of FUD around this, a lot of confusion, a lot of misunderstanding. Platform engineering is a heck of a lot more than a new name for DevOps. Before we get into that conversation, though, let's meet who's on the panel today. Mike? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Michael Levan, uh, and I focus in everything and anything platform engineering and Kubernetes from consulting to content creation. Hey, so I'm Stephen Dickens. I'm a practice leader over here at the Futurum Group. This is going to be my first cloud field day, so I'm super excited. Um, my coverage area at the Futurum Group is what I call all the plumbing. So everything from public cloud IaaS through to infrastructure, through to compute, automation, observability, all those bits that an IT ops team focuses on. Um, so... I get to do all the sort of interesting stuff that talks about kind of is the service up, is the availability there, you know, what's the performance of the servers, you know, all that type of good, good geeky stuff here at Futurum Group. So you might even say that you're an engineer focused on the platform or you work with or you're focused on products for engineers. Anyway, I'm making a pun, of course. Because platform engineering, I mean, the word just sounds a little bit nerdy and a little bit geeky to me because essentially we've been freaking platform engineers. I mean, Stephen, you know, your, your, your history goes back into mainframe times. My history goes back into the earliest days of Unix. Um, Mr. Levan, tell us dinosaurs. What the heck is platform engineering in 2024? So I like to think whether something is a trend and it's going to be buzzy or it's something that's actually going to stick around. And one of the things that I've found throughout my engineering career has been the things that stick around that may be buzzy or hypey in the beginning, if they have a past and they have a present, they'll most likely stick around. So to your point, platform engineering, like we've been doing this for a really, really long time. Um, when my title was like principal infrastructure engineer, I was writing self-service command line utilities in Python for the developers uh, that were using AWS services and stuff. So this is something that we've been doing for a really, really long time. Uh, it just kind of has a name and a focus point now, which is great because it's not something that just popped out of nowhere. It's something that we've been doing for seven to eight plus years. Uh, and now it has a name, which means like it's actually going to be a real thing, which is great. So, Stephen, it's interesting that we've been doing this a really long time, seven or eight years. A systems programmer in the mainframe, a sysprog in the mainframe, has been writing Rex code, working with JCL, and doing this for the last 50-plus years. So, I mean, 
I think, and you hinted at it, I think a sysprog in a mainframe context and a platform engineer in an open source context, if you took away the nomenclatures and you took away that the mainframe guys speak in different tongues and worship different gods than the distributed and cloud guys, if you actually looked at the job they were doing, it would be the same functional job. Yes, it might be on a 3270 screen. Yes, it might be on a bash terminal. You know, maybe they're going to be different in interfaces and UIs and the terms and the tools and the things are different. The actual functions of a sysprog and a platform engineer, exactly the same in my mind, at least. Yeah, and that's what I want to get at is, and that's why it's kind of cool to have the two of you here because I think, like as I said, all three of us have seen this happening over time, over time. One of the things that gets me, is, and, and this is probably, I think, what you're getting at there, Stephen, is that um, we go through a lot of the same learning and a lot of the same evolution and development and maturing every time there's a new platform. So we saw it in the mainframe space. We saw it in uh, what used to be called open systems. Uh, we saw it in freaking Windows, uh, the Windows data center. And, and it's about time, you know, I mean, I'm glad that we're seeing it um, happening here in cloud as well. Um, you know, what are the ingredients, uh, Michael, that you would see as the essential elements of platform engineering? Yeah, so just to kind of go back to, to what you guys are saying, there's there's truth in there, but we also have to be careful of where the line gets drawn, right? So we can say, we've been doing this on mainframe for 50 plus years, but the reality is there's a big difference between building a platform that's self-service for developers and engineers to use and writing code on a mainframe, right? And building out a mainframe as a platform. So there are some similarities there, but there are actually some huge differences. So as a platform engineer, for example, if I go into an environment, I'm going to have three stages, right? The underlying platform, the platform capabilities, and the platform interface. The platform, the underlying platform could be anything from AWS ECS to Kubernetes to bare metal to VMs. The capabilities are going to be whatever the internal engineers and developers need to use on that platform. And the interface is going to be how they're interacting with it. Is it a GUI like Backstage? Is it a CLI? Is it a simple API? Is it, you know, configuration files that, that internal engineers and developers are hitting with a CLI? Kind of all depends on what they need, right? But the whole idea of platform engineering right now, at least, and again, going back to what we've been doing seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, it's taking a platform, creating this thing and saying, here you go. You don't have to worry about the underlying plumbing. You just have to worry about your capabilities are here. Here's your interface. Go have fun. And there's a lot, I mean, I don't want this to be a mainframe's been doing this forever and we're learning what's new, but, you know, giving a kicks region to a developer team to go and that, to go and develop a kicks application is going to be exactly the same sort of intellectual thought process. And the, and those three layers that you described are exactly the same there on, on the mainframe. You know, a system programmer is worrying about running, you know, deep down on the hardware side is completely abstracted away once you get up into a mainframe developer space. So, I mean, as I said, I want to get this into mainframes have been doing this forever because that the mainframe community loves to do that when something new and shiny comes along. And, 
yes, things are changing and yes, things are evolving, but it's really, there is a lot of parallels and the, the, these abstract, we get better at it every time we do this cycle, we get more mature and we stand on the shoulders of the giants that have gone before us. But, you know, there is there is some really interesting parallels. And the other piece for me is how the mainframe team is learning from the DevOps space, you know, their SREs and platform engineering. The new disciplines are going back towards the mainframe as well. 100%, yeah. And I, I was actually on a live stream yesterday and on a podcast yesterday. And I always say this, like, we started here. We went here. Now we're back over here. <laughs> like we're always going like this. I would say like every eight to 10 years, we're kind of going like this, you know? So it's always the same stuff, just refactored, rebuilt and redone. Flare jeans come around at the same cycle and <laughs> stuff like that. I see my teenage daughters wearing flare jeans and it's like, oh, we're back around that cycle again. Well, I think this actually, one of the things, my so my career spans this whole time that you're talking about. And I think there may be something to this one of the things that I know about the mainframe time that happened, so in the open systems environment, one of the things that happened to IT in the late 80s and early 90s and continued in IT all the way through the 2010s was that IT really bifurcated into multiple different groups. In the mainframe space, my understanding is that there was a close coordination between developers and operations. That was not how it was done in the 90s and the 2000s. I know I was there. I've got the bruises. It, being in IT operations in 2000 at a big international oil company, we had no idea what our platforms were being used for. We engineered them completely blindly. We built systems with very little input. We tried to put together SLAs. We tried to, to, but the dev team was literally in a different building. In fact, in my case, the dev team was in a different city than the infrastructure and operations. We had no communication whatsoever. I'm wondering if platform engineering in the cloud may actually be a lot more like platform engineering back in the mainframe time, simply because IT has finally, thanks thanks to the DevOps trend, IT has finally come back together and is starting to say, you know, it's, it's asinine to have completely unrelated groups that never talk to each other. Is that true? Well, what I, I mean, my perspective on this, and, as, and Michael makes a really good point that we go on these evolution curves. If you look at where cloud's been over the last 17 years, it's been throw everything to the cloud, go, 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 go faster, put more workloads there. And that's been the right thing. And then people are starting to realize, ah, my cloud bill's really expensive. FinOps has become a thing. People are starting to say, should I tune? What's optimization look like? Platform engineering for me from an infrastructure point of view is the maturity of that kind of evolution of optimization. You put a mainframe thought on that and mainframes are really expensive. The reason why they're really good at dev and ops coming together is because you've got to be super focused on, you know, how many MIPS you consume. Yes, the technology is different. Yes, the underlying infrastructure, but that trend to I've got to optimize, I've got to bring in FinOps, I want to reduce my AWS as your GCP bill. 
I think the maturity curves are the same of the evolution of the thinking of dev and ops. The, the dev team can't just throw it on any server that they want, pick the most expensive instance on AWS, just tick all the boxes, because the ops team's then left holding the bill. That's a 1970s mainframe optimization mindset but just cast in a new context. And I'm really impressed by the maturity in terms of the process maturity, you know, like the, the not, you know, adult maturity, but, you know, I'm really impressed by what the maturity of the conversations that I'm having with platform engineering people today. They are not, you know, running off here, you know, I'm going to develop a thing, whatever. They're really trying to make this a, a productized. They're really trying to make it, um, you know, process oriented, repeatable, sustainable, supportable, and, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the multi-tenant cloud world, but I think it also has to do with a lot of learning that maybe has finally caught up to IT ops. Is that right, Michael? I would say so. I mean, I think that, you know, the reason why people are thinking about platform engineering as the new DevOps is because I don't want to get into the debate of DevOps isn't supposed to be a title, whatever it is, it's here. But the whole idea was like, we want to bridge these gaps. But what DevOps in corporate ended up turning into was like, Hey, y'all just do everything, right? Like it was like the new, I think it was the new sysadmin, if anything. Um, but now platform and engineering is literally a job position that has two primary goals. Go into systems thinking with thinking about customer service and have a product mindset. So like when you combine those two things, your job is literally to help people like, yeah, the engineering is there. Yeah. You're going to be writing code. Yeah. You're going to be scaling and doing this and doing that and blah, blah, blah. But you're taking that knowledge like that you already know. The new stuff that you're actually doing is going in and working as a customer service engineer, pretty much thinking about the product as a whole. So you're actually taking engineering for the first time in, in a long time, we're taking a position and we're giving it to everybody. Like it's a community position, not just a technical position. I think that's really healthy as well, Michael. I think you know, I, I come from a world where non-functional requirements kind of guide a lot of the platform choices, you know, performance, availability, security, scalability, cost. I think what I see from a, so I cover open source here as well at Futurum, so I do a lot in that space. I see a lot of parallels. I got a foot in both camps. You know, I chat to all the Kubernetes guys. And Camberley Bates and I, another one of the practice leaders, I think you had her on the show, um, Stephen. Um, we came away from KubeCon in Amsterdam with the grown-ups have taken over on open source. And, and, and I don't see that as a bad thing. I see it really as a good thing that platform engineering is for the first time, and maybe the first time is too strong, maybe it's the last couple of years, but the open source developers are thinking about, oh, this might be a mission critical application. This might be really important to the organization I'm developing. Maybe I should think about performance and scalability. Maybe I should think about security. Maybe I should think about availability. What's the best way to architect this so that it doesn't go bump in the middle of the night? I don't think developer maturity in open source was there really maybe seven or eight years ago, maybe not even as short as three years ago. So I, I see platform engineering as people are starting to think about the platform for the first time from a developer point of view. Does does that make sense? Am I thinking about it right? Yeah. 
I, I definitely think so for sure. I mean, to your point, open source was something that really, I mean, not, I don't want to say started, that's a strong word, but it's over the past couple of years, it's really been something like, Hey, I have a cool idea. I'm going to write this up. We're going to have contributors and now it's going to be, you know, outed to the public. Now, a lot of open source devs are going into tools and they're thinking like, to your point, Stephen, like, oh, this thing's actually going to be used in production. All right, let's go into it. What's the easiest method? What, what, what are the easiest prerequisites? What are the easiest requirements? How can we just get this tool into somebody's environment as easily exactly. as possible? So, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. And, and concepts like um, revision control and, um, y- you know, those, I don't know if you, if, if those of you who are listening who are new uh, to this world and, and younger and, and maybe take, you know, oh, you know, GitHub and, and source control, revision control, that's just how things are done. Oh, that is not how things were done. And let me tell you, <laughs> if you were in IT ops in the 90s and the 2000s, uh, there was not just not a practice of that. There was no such thing as that. That was not a thing that could be done. And so basically we tried to take like literal paper notes on what changes we made to the systems. You know, we documented things as best we could, but it, it really wasn't a mature process. It, you know, to Michael's point, I think that in a way the open source world and the cloud modern applications world forced developers to adopt more mature processes and practices, including things, easy, easy things like revision control. Now, I don't want to give them too much credit on the documentation side, because I know that's still a challenge. <laughs> but people like Michael are out there helping to, to document this stuff. I think that that's one of the ways in which software development was ahead of IT operations. And now mm-hmm. IT operations is catching up. I don't know of a modern IT operator who doesn't use, for example, revision control right. with system configuration when they're, t- when they're building um, modern platforms. I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are building just whatever data center stuff and do, but, but if you're deploying system configuration, you're using revision control, you're documenting things, that is really like light years beyond what I did as a systems administrator, let me tell you. And that's really good. And I think that to your point, Michael, as well, the open source mindset came to developers and then it came to operators. And now we live in a world where operations has, has really caught up. And, and as Steven said, you go to these conferences and it's really kind of surprising, isn't it? You know, talking about some of the companies, um, IBM is huge in this space. Now, of course they have Red Hat, but they are actually doing incredible stuff in modern applications. If I had told you 10 years ago, oh, you know, IBM, they're going to be, you know, right up there in modern app, people would be like, what, really? And you look around and there's a lot of these companies that, that somebody may have written off 10 years ago that are really roaring right back. Is that your impression, Stephen, when you go to these companies and you look at them? It's interesting and not again to go back to the mainframe world, but if I told you 10 years ago, there was an open source Linux foundation project putting open source on mainframes, you could run Ansible on a mainframe and you could run OpenShift and Rancher on a mainframe, you would have gone, really? No way, you're insane. But all those things are true today. You know, we've got container extensions in the ZOS operating system. You can run containerized Linux applications in directly in the mainframe operating system. So, I mean, again, I think where IBM's going with the mainframe platform, but also just independently with uh, OpenShift and, and Ansible under Red Hat, you know, 
if you're an end, I mean, I track the Kubernetes distribution space. I think IBM and with Red Hat and OpenShift would be seen as the sort of most grown up, most mm -hmm. buttoned up of those vendors. There's obviously many options that, you know, people like would, would look at um, Canonical, they would look at Mirantis, they would look at Docker, and they may be more developer friendly. But when you look at it from an ops perspective, certainly Red Hat's got to be in the in the equation. Yeah. So what I would say is platform engineering is all about quality engineering. Uh, you know, one of the big reasons why I became self-employed a couple of years ago was because I didn't want to throw duct tape in my environments anymore. Uh, I wanted quality engineering and I'm just really happy that the entire tech community is kind of seeing the same thing now. I'd just echo Michael's comments. I think the way I look at it, maybe I've got a slightly different lens, focus on non-functional requirements focus on putting quality code into production and focus on infrastructure mattering again is really key for me. So we're going to hop here because we are really excited. We're getting ready for Cloud Field Day next week. Both of you will be joining us for Cloud Field Day. In fact, this episode is going to be published Tuesday, uh, the day before we are live with Cloud Field Day. Um, before we go for this episode, um, give us a little bit of a, a, a hint. Where can we continue this conversation? Because this has only been a taster. Michael, you are Mr. Platform Engineering. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, so the two best places, number one, LinkedIn. I definitely do a fair amount of my posting there and then on X as well. And I'm the same. Stephen Dickens 3 across any one of the platforms. Big on X. Love that as a platform. And obviously got to do the LinkedIn. So please connect and, you know, get engaged. I'm really looking forward to Cloud Field Day next week. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to see you both there. Um, Stephen, you hinted Infrastructure Matters. Um, that is the name of a webcast that you and Kimberly are, are frequently seen on. So I recommend checking out the, uh, the Futurum Group Infrastructure Matters webcast. Uh, hopefully we'll be recording that on site next week at Cloud Field Day as well. Um, keep an eye out as well. We're going to have more episodes of on-premise IT uh, recorded at Cloud Field Day. Of course, we've got live streaming video um, and the video on YouTube. So go to YouTube slash Tech Field Day to catch that. Can't wait to hear what you guys think of this event. If you are listening, if you enjoyed this discussion, please do give us a subscription. You'll find us basically everywhere you find podcasts. We would love to have a rating and a review. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Gestalt IT, now part of the Futurum Group. You can find all sorts of coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. Tune in for techfieldday.com for more from Cloud Field Day. And thanks for listening. We will talk to you next week.